New season starts today. Preseason basketball, baby. And if you have been waiting 150 days for Phoenix Suns basketball, guess what? They know that. And they gave you a little bonus basketball tonight or today or this morning. Whatever time it is where you're watching it. Little overtime game to start preseason game number one. Phoenix Suns ultimately win the game by a final score of 130 to 126. So as I bring in Matthew, as I always do, welcome to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Matthew, how how, how great is it to watch basketball again? <laughs> It's good. I haven't been this excited for preseason basketball in a long I know, time. I know. Like, right? This is the. I think this is the first time ever. I've been excited. I think it's just because the new jerseys, all the new names, and you know Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, just wanted to give it to the Pistons today, uh, <laughs> along with Beal. So it just uh, there's a lot of good things happening right now in Phoenix, and of course like the new intro, the new. Uh, I, well, it's actually not new. Taken from UPN 45. They yes. Have the new one. So that was pretty cool. So it was just. A great day of Suns basketball, I think, right? It was. It was just, you know, again, an opportunity to kind of finally see the vision that James Jones and Matt Ishbia and Josh Bartlestein all had this past offseason and put it on the court and to see, kind of see what it looks like. And, you know, newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it looked good. Okay. Looked I really know good. that I know that this team was up by what, like 26 points at one point. Ultimately, it went to overtime. Uh, it doesn't matter. It's the fucking preseason. Okay. Like our, it went to, our, our, I know I, I was thinking that, you know, in like the last play of the game that the, uh, the Pistons back like, to just make a layup, man. Like we don't want it to play another five minutes, but they didn't, you know, the, the, the Detroit Pistons came storming back outscoring the Phoenix Suns 38 to 18 in the fourth quarter of a game that doesn't matter against our third team guys where they had like Marvin Bagley was out there and Azur Thompson, who's their first overall pick. So, uh, Anybody who gets their panties all in a bunch uh, about the fact that this game went to overtime after the Suns being up by so much, like, don't. It really doesn't matter. This is more about just kind of seeing the team, uh, seeing the roster, how they mesh together defensively, offensively, input some uh, or, or the impart of some offensive sets and defensive sets. And, you know, it's a, it's a learning curve. And I think that there was plenty for those second and third team units to learn in this game, but nothing that you have to sit there and be like, well, there goes the season. Guess it's over. No, all you wanted was maybe the first, um, first quarter for the 42 points missing two shots. Like that's all you want to take away from this game. Everything else is just kind of fun to see. And we'll get in. There's so many drops, dude. There's when I was watching this game, like, dude, John, your fingers would be tired from all these drops because <laughs> all the new players, you know what I mean? We have to go through almost Ugh. all of them, right? Yeah. And I still don't have drops for all of them. Cause I said, uh, Oh, I, you, I, okay. Not, right. not, not every single you person. You didn't do Saving Lee, did you? I haven't yeah, done Saving Lee. I haven't no. done Chimetsi Metu. You know, okay. there's, there's some who I just want to feel out a little bit, get to know them, even though Saving yeah. Lee, you think I would know after a year, uh, you know, like third string Saving or something, but uh, I, I, don't have <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have anything yeah. lined, okay. lined up for them. So okay. uh, just a reminder, if you're watching along live, thank you. Thanks for hanging out on a Sunday with us. If you're listening later time, uh, thanks for hanging out with us at all. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, review. Give us one of those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts if you do. Obviously, uh, we appreciate it. It helps with all the algorithms and whatnot and lets people know where to consume the best post-game content on planet orange and again if you if you write us one of those reviews we'll read it right here on the podcast so looking forward to talking about some suns basketball and not speculation actual actually talking about some things that we saw on the court so without further ado if you got them suns fans make sure you pop them right along with us oh man that sounds crisp let's uh let's talk about this suns victory huh It is a 130-126 victory for the Phoenix Suns in their first preseason game, a game that took place local time at noon Arizona time uh, in Detroit. Obviously, uh, uh, a place in which Matt Ishbia is from. Uh, Josh Bartlestein, you know, the CEO of the Suns, has spent the past few years working there. Devin Booker's from there. He actually was seen beforehand uh, hanging out 
and going to a Lions game, you know. So uh, definitely uh, an interesting graphic because both teams somehow won. Uh, you like that? One, they're, they're both one and you know, it's preseason for all of us, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me uh, let me edit that. All right, you go ahead and edit that. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a question. Oi, Matty, mate, I've got to ask. Mate, I got to ask you a quick yes. question here. You know, obviously, one of the storylines entering this game is the fact that the Phoenix Suns are going against their old head coach, Monty Williams. So seeing Monty on the other side of the floor, seeing him wearing that pink polo, uh, now that we have just a little bit of distance, we don't have much distance, what are your thoughts on the Monty Williams era in Phoenix? Oh, now that it's over, um, it's kind of sad, honestly. But I think the best part of it is that Booker, you know, the guy that's going to be with us for forever, really learned a lot. I think he came at the right time during Booker's career to help him, like, better himself on the court and off the court. I think that was huge. Um, that was the biggest takeaway. I think this this team had to mature, right? I think the one guy that obviously didn't was Aiden, but the whole team is just turned over now. It's all new faces. So when Monty's there as a as a Detroit Pistons coach sitting there watching the Suns, maybe he doesn't feel too bad because it's like all the guys he helped grow on and off the court are kind of gone except for Booker, right? So it's not as sad as it would be if like Mikhail Cameron Johnson were there, NDA was still there on the team, and then Monty's over on the other side because his team probably would have continued with Monty as a coach if those guys stuck together, I feel like. Yeah, when you see him across the court and, you know, you obviously appreciate who and what he was for this organization. The fact that we have an NBA Finals appearance with him as the head coach, the fact that he has flipped the culture and was a part of that flipping of the culture. Obviously, Devin Booker, ultimately the, the member of the Phoenix Suns, who was at the core of this change that has occurred in Phoenix. But when you see him on the other side of the court, you kind of feel like the same way that he feels about all the different Suns transactions. I know that Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic asked him before the game, what does he think when he looks and he sees that the Suns have Bradley Beal now and DeAndre Ayton's gone, and he should ask him how he feels that Landry Shaman was ultimately traded as a part of that yeah. Bradley Beal trade. But Monty Williams said, I don't care. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Like, Monty, thank you for what you did for the Suns. I don't care that you're you're not with us anymore, man. I, like we're so focused on this team, the future of this organization, what this team has, and and how they're going to look. That it just so happens that we played our first game against Monty Williams, and when we finally do play them in the regular season, maybe a few casuals will come along and be like, "Oh yeah, Monty Williams, I remember him saying." But ultimately, it doesn't matter. Nor should we really care. Uh, can we root for the Pistons from afar? I think so. I don't know if it's a team I'll really root for. There's not a lot Worst of team in the league. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It, 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 there's not a lot of pieces on this team or, or players on this team that I'm a huge fan of. When you see the fact that they've got old man Marvin Bagley out there and he's playing, you know, he played 22 minutes and, you know, had 25 points for him tonight on 10 of 14 shooting. Like, I'm not a big Bagley fan. Jay Nivey, Killian Hayes. Like, I'm so glad we didn't draft him. So it's not, it's a team that I'm not necessarily going to root for from afar. No, and uh, Monty has his hands full with that team. I mean, going from a veteran-led team to just a bunch of young guys having to figure out how they can buy into defense, that's the thing over there now is they have to buy into defense. You kind of forget when Monty was here, the .5 offense. Mm -hmm. I kind of forgot about that because on our finals run, I feel like we were just so much better defensively, right? We kind of focused more on defense, and when yeah. he left, it seemed like we were a better defensive team. Obviously, we went up in rankings every season from like third and then the last season was like seventh. Um, but two seasons ago, we were like third and best defense. But you just forget how good he is on that side too. Um, but before Monty came to Phoenix, there was also always a question if he was actually a good coach, a good head coach, right? Mm -hmm. And then when he's here with Chris Paul, who was actually the leader? Was it him or Chris Paul? Now that he has to kind of restart with a bunch of young dudes, that's that's a big task. So I hope he can hang in there and these guys kind of buy in and play good defense. It seems like, you know, they're a pesky fun team, but they will buy into Monty because it, it seems like they respect him right now. Of course, you know, he brings an elder statesman point of view and it is a young pesky team. As we saw tonight, a team that will never quit. And I think it's something that obviously uh, EJ says on the broadcast, he's like, you got to watch out for these teams that have these young fiery guys who are competitive all the time. Cause they're just going to keep coming at you, which is ultimately what they did tonight. 
you talk about the point fives of offense, and that's one of the first things that I noticed in this game was how different this team offensively felt than the point five offense, quote unquote, that we had from a year ago. You know, we talk about Monty's system was the point five, but we never truly ran a point five. Right. Like that, that, that was the philosophy. But how often did we actually see it executed? Right. It was primarily just like Chris Paul. It was like four possessions that one game. Like we had, <laughs> yeah. oh, look at the ball whip around. But it was primarily yeah. like Chris Paul rolling the ball up the court, taking his time, taking his time, bleeding the clock, hype screen and roll. That didn't work. Oh, shit. Late shot. Mm. But we have a new number three on this team. And he came out and had a little bit more spunk and athleticism, obviously, than Chris Paul as well. He should. And, and it definitely created a difference in the way that this team offensively performed. She said, you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley. Boom, boom. Adley Beal makes his debut with the Phoenix Suns, albeit in a preseason game. 14 minutes played. He was 3 of 5 from the field, including 4 of 4 from the free throw line. 11 total points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, only the one turnover for Bradley Beal. But it is one of the things that I definitely noticed was the fact that, you know, after the CP3 era, the BB3 era is much faster, Matthew. Yeah, it is. And the decision making is quick, too. Um, it's nice that Bradley Beal is basically like just another Devin Booker kind of out there. It's kind of good to have him play off ball. But also if Booker's on the bench, KD's on the bench, you have another guy that can just go get you a bucket, right? Get to the lane, try to set somebody up. But he's quick, quick decision-making. That's what you want from him. He seemed comfortable already. He seemed kind of more comfortable than what Booker looked like out there in the first quarter. Um, but moving the ball around, kind of getting to his spots, and just the chemistry are already almost kind of seemed there yeah. with him. It's kind of weird still. Obviously, it's the first game, but it's weird to see him in a Suns uniform next to Booker, and you're like, well, how's that going to work? It didn't seem like an issue, man. They were doing the pick and roll with each other basically – the other guy gets open. Hey, here's the ball, right? That's mm -hmm. how I see it as a fan. I'm like, okay, one of them's going to be open after this pick. They need to worry about KD. So the defense has to worry about too much. And then you forget that Bill can actually drive with the ball, get to the rim, draw contact if he wants to. Didn't get some calls, but he seems like he's very confident in his game and getting to the rim. And you kind of forget about that. But I love the first quarter with this team, dude. They look like they were gelling, obviously. Missed two shots, 42 points Three. right off the bat. Three just shots. three shots. Okay. Yeah, uh, they were. They did start seventeen of nineteen. So yeah, yeah. They ended. They ended. You know, as Matthew is is referencing. For those of you who didn't see this game, if you're a Phoenix Suns fan, you've been sitting here scratching and clawing and just waiting for this team to come out and play on the court and to see what it would look like. That first quarter was ridiculous. The Suns went seventeen of twenty from the field, which is eighty five percent shooting. They were four of five from beyond the arc. They were eight of ten from the free throw line. They had forty six points. In the first quarter alone, 11 assists on those 17 field goals. So that first team unit came out into Matthew's point with Bradley Beal. The wrinkles, this wasn't, it's your turn. It's my turn. It's your turn. It's your turn. And now it's my turn. This was a very fluid offense. They got the ball out in transition when they could, but when they were in their half court sets, they were definitely utilizing the different wrinkles uh, and taking advantage of what the defense was trying to give them because of the gravity that, KD, Booker, and Beal bring. Uh, you add to the fact that Yusuf Nurkic was providing some quality screens and, and had some playmaking of his own, you know, passing out of the the, the block and passing out, outside the perimeter. And this team was just, I mean, it, they were flawless. It was, it was 46, 29. They almost put up 50 points in their first quarter together. You know, and in that first quarter, KD played eight minutes. Uh, Booker played nine minutes. Bradley pl pay, played eight minutes. So, this team just looked flawless. And then you see the, you know, the second team come unit come unit come in and it's a six second team unit well as well. So the newness that Bradley Beal brought to this game was personified and executed by all players involved in that first quarter, man. Yeah. And it wasn't like your turn, my turn, but it was kind of more ISO, especially for Booker. Mm -hmm. Um, but when they got to it, when it was ISO, it was like they went straight to it. It wasn't like pull the pull the ball back out, kind of like James Harden-ish. It's just like, okay, I'm already in my spot. Let's go one-on-one. -on -one. And I swear, like, Booker got some guys on skates. And then Beal would do the same thing, too. So if they are going to do that more ISO, that's fine because they're just so quick at going to it. It just looked, you know, it looked like they were just so familiar with each other and just knowing, like, okay, let's back up. Let's let these guys go to work, and it's quick. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how 
they can have the ability to be a chameleon on offense in so different, so many different ways because of isolation ball, because of, you know, screen and roll, passing around, uh, pin downs, back screens, and then obviously yeah. de defense equating to offense. And the news came out yesterday. Flex, you know, stated it, but we didn't know until we actually saw it on the court that the fifth starter, at least for this preseason game, Josh Akogi. Akogi looked nice out there as that fifth starter. Obviously, uh, somebody who has the defensive capability, plays a lot bigger than he is. He had four points in that first quarter and was two and two from the field. Ended the night with the total of just the four points. Uh, but again, somebody who his defense created offense, created transition opportunities. And when you have Josh Akogi out there, you know, that's what Frank Vogel stated that he liked about uh, about a Kogi. And, you know, you look at him, you look at Kata Bates Diop, who we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast, but the decision to go with the Kogi, knowing that he was part of that, that uh, starting unit that the Phoenix Suns went eight. No, during the regular season with Kevin Durant, with Devin Booker, uh, he fits seamlessly in. he plays his role fantastically. And you don't really notice the fact that KD has to kind of take on a larger guy on defense because Akogi is switching and taking on those those much more physical matchups, uh, which ultimately is going to benefit Kevin Durant because he's not going to have to play as physical on the defensive end and avoid some wear and tear. Yeah, he fills in the role so nice wherever he's playing. I mean, he's even playing full court defense right away on Cade. Cade is a big dude, you know, and he makes it difficult on anybody defensively. And that's what you want. I, I don't know if they're going to keep going back and forth, but right now Kogi does make sense because of chemistry. Mm -hmm. He's the one guy that everyone's talking about in these interviews. Um, the the training camp when it first started, the first two days, you just keep hearing a Kogi's name. And that's the biggest thing. And they kept talking about chemistry. We're working it out. Uh, it's going to take some time, but you can already see his fit right now. You do forget about the size and just the limitations that he might have defensively. But even like on the offensive end, it'll get there and hopefully he works on the shot. But right now, man, he fits so well with his starting five. It's just we'll get to KBD later, but it's just, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like you can tell why they chose him. And yep. it's not a surprise to me, obviously. But if KD can kind of hold up and the Nurkis do a better job defensively, this is going to be a fine fit for him. Well, and it's a Frank Vogel thing, right? Like Frank Vogel's the a defensive guy. And if you're hearing all these reports coming out of training camp of how aggressive a Kogi's being how seamless he's playing. And to your point, which is the best point of all, he brings that chemistry. He has played with Booker before and Kevin Durant, albeit in a, in a smaller uh, window and snippet of time than he did with Booker, but he does fit and understands what his role is. And I love the fact that, you know, he came back. I said it in the off season outside, you know, when, when, when free agency first happened, those first couple days, right? Like that's when we got, uh, uh, Drew Eubanks, I think, was the first guy that was like committed. And then it was like Chemetsi yeah. met too. And, you know, you kind of went down the, the line, Kata Bates Diop. I think it was day two is when we got Josh Akogi back. And I told you then, like, this is the best free agent signing by the Phoenix Suns. Now, ultimately, I think that was trumped by Eric Gordon. But the fact that he came back uh, and, and is going to bring that, that hustle, that dog, a little bit of, you know, our first team unit fuck shit up guy. You need that to be successful uh, with this team. And it brings physicality. And obviously another guy who brings physicality is the fact that now we have Yusuf Nurkic. Nurkalicious definition, make them boys go crazy. Oh. Nurkalicious in this one. Uh, 15 minutes played. He had five points. He had five rebounds. He had three assists, two of four from the field. Definitely looked uh, – I, I have a lot of pros and cons when it comes to Nurk in this yeah. game. Tell me what you saw, Matthew. <laughs> you know, as, I as see – that fucking plane just drove, flew by. Yeah, there's a couple of planes going by, you know. Jesus. Um, so, Nurkic, the, he's the one guy I'm really focusing on, obviously, because of Aiden's departure. Of and then course. now it's kind of like, dude, the, the amount of, like, notes I take on Nurkic is, like, matching what Aiden brought. I think it's kind of just <laughs> – Maybe he did get the note. Like, he, he did get my note, my most notes. Yeah, like right away, he didn't even play that much either. He got in foul <laughs> trouble with a three three thousand seven minutes. Was not good, but the first, you know, the first stint with him in the offense looked good until the first time out. But he looked like he's like ready to go offensively. He was, he was going off the picks really fast. Like he was hitting those picks and rolling as fast as he could, right, to really mm -hmm. get to his spot. But also, I think offensively, he just he mixed really really well with those guys defensively. 
on the boards. He was there. But then after the timeout, it just kind of seemed like he was kind of too slow. Like the 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 Pistons, their offense in the paint, they were kind of just running circles around him, passing the ball around him too quick yes. to handle. Um, so he kind of looked slow in those areas. But the best part about this is I think that he just kind of synced with them well offensively. But that's going to be the thing. It's like it's going to be frustrating for us to see him out there and be in foul trouble, too slow to roll to really pick up the other guy coming on the other week on the weak side. That's going to be something to watch. Um, that's the one thing that did frustrate me. I wasn't too excited about the final results for a preseason game and the limited minutes he did play. Um, there's a lot of work for him to do, I feel like, to kind of earn our trust in a way. But I'm not expecting too much more. Just the foul trouble and if he can help defensively. Um, that's the one thing. But this team, of course, in the Pistons, they are younger. They're fast, more athletic, too. So that might be hard for him to handle in the paint. But, I mean, what are your thoughts on him at the first game? Well, you hit the first thing right on the nail. No matter what happens, and get used to this, Suns fans and Jamsters out there who are watching and listening, we will be comparing to Nurkic to Aiton all season long because Aiton is what we know. We know The past five, half a decade, past five seasons, DeAndre Aiton has been the center for the Phoenix Suns. And to his credit, outside of you know, like a 25-game suspension for a diuretic and some mild injuries here and there, uh, he's played a ton of minutes at that position. I think in its totality, I like the the trade because of the Grayson Allen part, which we'll get to here in a bit. But Nurkic and Aiton, we're going to be comparing them all season long. And, and just watching this game, there's things that I saw that I was just like, hey, that's better than DA. And there's plenty that I saw. I'm like, hey, DA would have played that one better. Yep. The things that I saw that were better than DA in this game – uh, his way, his ability to pass and set up players. You know, it's one thing that Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, multiple players on the Phoenix Suns have been talking about in training camp thus far is how Yusuf Nurkic has a very high basketball IQ. He sees plays, develops. He helps develop those plays. You saw that a couple times in this game where he is literally ha- he has the ball 30 feet from the basket and he's just letting a back screen come to fruition before he passes it in. And it's an easy two points. I think it was to uh, uh, Grayson Allen on a play when he did that, but that is, th- that's something that DA could never do. Remember when DA would get the ball at the, at, you know, outside the three point line, he just, Oh shit. Uh, uh, he get all nervous holding it and not know. Yeah. You know, he, so anxious to hot potato that bitch and not have it. Uh, which is okay. That's who he was. Whereas Nurkic was very much more calm, cool, collected, in control. And that's going to be something that's going to be very beneficial to this team. Because again, when we talk about, you know, quote unquote fit, because that's the word when it comes to Nurk, he is a better fit for what this offense is. It looked like a good fit, you know, 46 points in that first quarter. But that's one thing that he definitely does better. Uh, the basketball IQ, you know, that too is better. Foul happy, obviously that's going to be something that we're going to be in tune. Not he, he, Due to his physical limitations, because he's bigger and slower, yeah. he has to make up to up with it with some physicality. And in that effort to try to be physical, he will get called for fouls. Now, one of, the third foul was kind of bullshit, right? Was that the screen foul? Yeah, and I think we're going to have that, you know, sometimes with him because, like he said, he is physical and he wants to make an imprint down there, which is nice. It's like if they're going to – he's going to foul, foul hard, right? That's what we always wanted Aiton to do. Never yeah. happened. Um, so that's nice to have there. And then you got Eubanks coming in behind him. So those two guys, you know, I know we're talking about Nurkic, you know, and comparing him to Aiden, but I'm really looking forward to long-term if they both stay healthy, Nurkic and Eubanks, how they can actually manage that center position because so far in game one, it looked pretty decent. But Well, that's that's the nice thing is because of who Eubanks is coming in behind him, I feel like Nurkic can be a little bit more aggressive because he has a quality center playing behind him. Uh, another thing, I wasn't overly impressed with his uh, physicality on the boards. You know, this is somebody who we, we've just mentioned. Plays physical. Physical player. You yeah. know, ha- ha- is big. He's 280. You know, DA was 220. So, but just kind of not... Because of his his lumberness, lumberiness, I don't know if that's a word, but I'm using it right now. His lumberiness, he 
doesn't have the athleticism to go grab some of those boards. And there were some opportunities. I feel that he, you know, he missed out on some rebounds. So again, as, as the preseason, obviously the regular season progresses, some we're going to be cued in on, you know, what is his role? Quote unquote fit, right? He's somebody who's supposed to be able to play some defense, grab some rebounds and has a little playmaking building on the offensive end. And although we saw some of the playmaking ability on the offensive end, the defense wasn't great and the rebounding wasn't great in this game. So a lot of jamsters are saying, you know, we should do a new drop Nurkic watch instead of Nurkalicious. Uh, it might end up as time progresses. It might end up being, <laughs> you know, what? yeah, because it's Nurkic the most watch. important position right now on this team. It's just the center because we're set everywhere else. So it's a one vocal point for sure. A hundred percent. It's 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 a vocal and and vocal focal, focal point for vocal, them. Focal. Which uh, which player do you want to talk about next, Matthew? Can we talk about Grayson Allen? Oh, Grayson, Grayson Allen, our fuck shit up guy. Happy birthday to Grayson Allen. He's a Libra, huh? He's a Libra. That's right. 10, eight, Selfish 10, eight is, is his, is his, <laughs> you lion ass, lion ass Libras. Uh, but ultimately one of the highlights of this game, 20 minutes played, he was seven of 11 from the field, including three of six from beyond the arc. Uh, he had 18 points, three rebounds, three assists, two steals. He had a block. He was a team best plus 22 in his 20 minutes played. And this is the kind of game. This is a, a reminder who he could be for this team. And as much as we've hated him from afar, he does a lot of those little things right. And that's what's allowed his career to progress as an NBA player. He's somebody who can create off the dribble. Uh, he, he has a physicality to him, so he doesn't get pushed off his spots. You know, his first basket as a son, when he went left and he's, he gets bumped and he throws it in and it goes in, you know, obviously no call. But I thought he looked really good in this game, Matthew. Yeah, uh, he looked kind of like Dwayne Wade, right? We talked about how he compared or he modeled his game after Dwayne Wade. He kind of looked like that, man. He was a lot quicker, a lot bigger than I thought. Um, you know, he made sense on the court just being the backup point guard at times, you know, ball handling. That was one thing we always worried about. It's just like, yes. who's going to handle the ball? Even off the off the bench, we're like, Saban Lee, good win. We're all fighting. And Saban Lee sucks tonight are today <laughs> um, but him and eric gordon man like they look good together those two just the chemistry is already there with them and that's one thing we're always going to talk about obviously mm -hmm. it's a basketball team you want the chemistry to be good yes but he just um made winning plays um that was the one thing everyone talked about like the last few years like getting played out of the playoffs you know not able to hold his minutes down in the playoffs but tonight preseason but still this guy just looked he was the best player on the court when he was on there making plays. You didn't even think you can imagine that he would actually, you know, just perform like that. So I think for myself, he was the best player out there, but I just, I'm more excited about the fact that you can trust him with the ball. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I didn't expect that either. So first, first game against the Pistons, but still I'm just like, Oh, I'm like, okay. Like I'm buying in. Everyone's buying in right now. So obviously when the season begins, the plan of attack isn't to have Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant kicking it on the sidelines in street gear by the second half, right? The game plan is to have one, if not two of those guys, always on the court at all times, and all three of them to start and finish the games. But that being said, if you roll out a lineup that includes Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon and Utah Watanabe and Drew Eubanks, you know, this is a, it's a, it's a squad that can do a lot of things. They can handle the ball. They can play a little defense. They could definitely shoot. Uh, and that's one thing that the addition of Grayson Allen really helps. Uh, again, you know, we call him our fuck shit up guy because that's what he does. He goes out there and he's just, he kind of fucks some shit up in all aspects. He doesn't do anything and any one thing uh, elite, although his shooting is pretty damn good. And that's what yeah. happens when you get one of those dookies uh, is they can shoot. But he also, as, as you mentioned, you know, he made winning plays. I think it's a great way to describe how Grayson Allen performed tonight. A guy who didn't meet my expectations, and it's okay, guys. Remember, this is the first game of preseason. You got a long way to go. But one guy who definitely fell short of uh, preseason expectations is a guy who I was saying should be the fifth starter. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. You're down with KBD. Yeah, you know me. Who's down with KBD? Yeah, you know
Yeah, Cade Bates Diop looked lost out there tonight. Ultimately, he ended playing 18 minutes. He's only one of five from beyond the arc. That one was a three-pointer. Had five rebounds, had a couple fouls. Uh, just I, I felt like he was forcing the issue a little too much. He didn't play within himself. Uh, he wasn't passing out of situations in which he he probably should have. You know, he's driving to the rim, and instead of hitting a, somebody cutting, he's like, I'm taking this up. And then ultimately, it looked, or it, it it didn't go in. It was a bad shot attempt. Mm-hmm. It, he didn't make winning plays, Matthew. No, he didn't. Um, but it was weird to me. I'm not too familiar with this game. You know, I haven't watched a whole lot, but a lot of it seemed like he was starting on at the perimeter every time he had the ball. You know what I mean? So we yes. talked about him being the power forward, basically. You know, letting Kevin Durant play the three, but I didn't see any kind of physicality. Kind of seems smaller out there on the court. So I don't know where that's going to come in. I think defensively, I want to see more of that. If he can play with the starters, maybe the next game he can come in just, even though we know Kogi's great as the fifth starter, just play KBD and just see how it looks, man. And just see how, if he can fill in that void at defense on the defensive side next to KD and help Nurkic. And if Nurkic teams help, you know, on, on the weak side defense, he can maybe be that guy. But right now he was just starting at the perimeter and he's just like jacking up shots it kind of remind me of like Josh Jackson a little bit, maybe. You know what I mean? Just kind of without like the what's defense. going on. <laughs> yeah, without the defense. It just it looked a little frustrating at times. But like you said, it's it's game one. You can't everything, right? I mean, KBD and Nurkic right now are kind of questionable to how they fit right now mm-hmm. at times, but that's fine. I mean, I think he just needs some time with his team more. Yeah, and he's again somebody who is looking to obviously increase his effectiveness. Uh, seizing the opportunity, coming to Phoenix on one of those two-year deals with a with a second year being a player option, knowing that he's going to have an opportunity to play with some of the best yeah. players in the league, and he's somebody who's trying to maximize that effectiveness. And it felt like he knows that he's, he was just forcing a little bit too much. So he, definitely somebody we're going to continue to watch throughout uh, the se- the preseason and the season to see how much he can grow into his role because it's sitting right there for him. It's right there, and if he can go and seize it, he can really do great things for the Suns team and obviously do great things for himself. I'll tell you one guy who also looked lost as fuck, and this is my personal opinion, and I want to hear your personal Look, opinion. Look, up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's- boom, boom, motherfucker. I will be changing that drop because I got like audio all set up for another one because I, I like to call him Sprinkles. Uh, Sprinkles out there, not looking good, man, at least in my opinion. Not only nine minutes played, but he was a negative 15 in those nine minutes. He had four points on two of five shooting. He had four rebounds. He had one assist. Uh, he had two bowl tendings, as they're calling it on the Twitter. Uh, instead of goal tendings, they're bowl, tw- they're bowl tendings uh, because obviously he's so long and has the ability to shot block, but his timing is poor. And so he, he, he blocks it a little too late when it's on the way down. So I want to hear what your thoughts are on Bull Bull before I give mine. Okay, yeah. I mean, I just – I didn't expect anything. I kind of forgot he was on the team when he came in. I'm like, oh, fuck, Bull Bull. Let's go. Like, I was excited for that. It's that, um, you know, what is that, that image of him just being so excited about everything or whatever? Um, it's like when he came in, I'm like, I'm excited now to watch Garbage Minutes with him in there. Um, but yeah, he was he was a little lost. I think the thing he lacks, obviously, is the confidence in his game, whatever he wants to do on there, on the court. But he did have a few offensive, good offensive plays. He had the put back, and then he came down transition, and he hit that wide open shot, a uh, little jumper yes. that looked good. Um, I think defensively, I kind of like the fact that he is trying to attempt the blocks. And you know, I know they're late; it's very close. But if he's that aggressive and stuff, I like to see that more. Um, and he's playing under the rim more. So he he basically is what I kind of thought he would be out there. So, I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on him? Is it, is it bad? Is this good? Not not good, right? It's, it's not good. Okay. What I saw was not good. It fortifies a lot of what my, my preseason thoughts on Bull Bull were, and that's that he's, he's a player in the middle. He's, he's not physical enough to play down low, so he can't bang bodies down there. And there was one play where he was trying to box out, and he just fell down. Because uh, he's so skinny, you know, as Creepy Crawley says in the chat, uh, he says, saw him try to box out and he fell through the cracks. You know, that's literally what he looked like. And he's too slow on the, especially on the defensive end to guard the perimeter. And he was literally the, the worst perimeter defender in the league last year. So you see that he did have one chance where it's like they threw the ball wide open three. 
he decided to drive and do a runner and that was a bad shot. So he was, his, his basketball IQ, his, his ability to uh, recognize what the defense is giving him. Like when the defense is giving you something, take it. And you're right. His, his lack of confidence in himself and his basketball ability is something that's ultimately just, it's not good basketball. And it's funny to see how, how, how many people get like, they're so excited for bowl bowl to come in. And they're talking themselves into him, the fact that he could be a good player on the team. And I just don't see it. Like, I've watched a lot of basketball in my life. And you can sit there and you can tell me the statistics and the advanced stats, right? You know, whenever you try to talk, it's like the DA argument, right? Like, whenever you try to talk to somebody about what you see from DA, they start throwing out the, every advanced stat or specific metric to, uh, to, to validate their point. And you can do that. Uh, and you're welcome to do that. But I'm going to my point is like, I'm going to talk about what I see and what I saw from Bull Bull today. It's the same thing as KBD, right? Like he's got some time. He's got some opportunity, obviously, within this team to grow uh, and to gain confidence. But, you know, both him and KBD, I think, outside of Saban Lee, who we'll talk about here next, were kind of the biggest losers today uh, from this overall performance. Obviously, the first team unit was was fantastic. Uh, the way that they meshed was great. What we saw from Grayson Allen was was out of this world. Uh, I did like what I saw from Chimetsi Metu at times. Mm -hmm. uh, Eric Gordon, I mean, we even talked about him, but he looks, you know, he he fit right in, even though he didn't hit one of his uh, four three point attempts. But if you're looking at, you know, like who who wins, who loses this game, which we could probably turn into a segment, I'm guessing, you know, like winners, losers, tailgate boozers. I don't know, but <laughs> but. Uh, but Bull Bull is definitely on that list. And again, I'm coming in with this bias that I don't think he's going to be good. And then when I see it, it fortifies my bias. Yeah, and I, I don't care as much. But I think that um, if he – someone said in the chat too, um, Maya B says, y'all, he got KD, Book, and Bill watching him. My ass would be nervous as well. It's like DA was though, right? Yeah, that's true. And uh, going back to when you were like – I don't see it, right? You watch a lot of basketball. We should be used to that. Suns fans like Josh Jackson didn't have it, you know. Yeah. All right, trade is that. You know what I mean? Da just doesn't have it for this team. You got to trade him. You got to get rid of him. You know what I mean? So once you see it, you just know, like, all right, it's not there. Stop kind of believing in it. You see it in the first preseason game, a game where you should show out because on the other end, Marvin Bagley gets twenty three points, whatever. In the in the second half, he didn't play the first half. Yep. So that's a sign of like, okay, maybe this guy still has it. But Bobo out there did not give us any life except for the first two plays he had. So I think he just needs to be more confident in his game. But like you said, he's kind of too slow. He's too long. He's just kind of in between everything. He's like almost there. You know what I mean? Just like with the blocks, like he's almost making the play. Um, him and Saban Lee, Saban Lee had him for an alley-oop, but Lee went up for the layup instead. So he understands the game, like that little pick and roll he did with Saban Lee there to go for the alley-oop. That mm -hmm. was see because i'm like he understands what to do but it's just like how much time does he have like for these guys to believe in him or for him to believe in himself so limited time man he's a garbage garbage guy i feel like right well he came in with like the third team unit essentially yeah you know he's kind of on that border between second and third team unit and he only played nine minutes and i and it's interesting i i wonder why he didn't play more well probably because i mean he was just again a, a huge defensive liability and that's that's the challenge you have with him if I was to ask you, without you looking, Matthew, that any of the statistics, no. if I if I was to ask you, who played the most minutes tonight? Who would you think it was? Was it Saban Lee? It was not. Who? Utah. The. That is quite possibly my favorite drop. It's of my time. favorite. I, it's my I favorite. Love it. I got wild when you sent that to me. I got wild. I got up the couch like Da dunking the ball back in the day. Shoot I'm like, oh, let's go. That was yeah. That's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, I just need him in like Suns gear for that. Uh, Yuta Wantanabe tonight played 30 total minutes, and you got a, a quite the array of of who he is as a player. He was four of nine overall from the field, two of six from beyond the arc. He had four rebounds. He had an assist. He had a couple steals. He had 10 total points. Uh, I think that obviously Yuta's not playing 30 minutes a night. And if you look at the front end of his production, right, if you take a look at, you know, through the first, I don't know, like three quarters, Yuta Wananabe was three of four from the field with eight points in 20 minutes played. That's kind of where he'll be living. He obviously played the the fourth quarter plus overtime and that's what kind of uh, 
negated his overall statistical effectiveness, I feel. But from what we saw, though, especially those first 20 minutes, you got to be hyped. This player is as delivered. Uh, another left-handed shooter. You know, I love that two of our shooters are left-handed between like <laughs> Eric Gordon and Yuta Watanabe. They're both lefties. Uh, but he he was fantastic tonight, man, uh, especially in those first 20 minutes. Yeah, he was great. My favorite part of his game is just, of course, his shot, but how slow it is. But it's not like a bad thing, right? It's kind of like in slow motion, the release and everything. It's kind of like, oh, it's it's like, oh, my God, it's happening. Here it is. Like, you kind of, everything just slows down. You're watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys, are there, like a Saban Lee, hates trashing him all the time. But his shot, pretty nasty. It takes a while to get off his release. But Utah just so smooth with it, man. Um, off the dribble, too, he looked pretty good on a few plays. But he knows where to be on the court. First shot in. Like, he, cover doesn't matter. Like, the guy's coming at him. He's so smooth with that shot. So confident in it. And he fit right in. Fit right in with this team, dude. I'm excited to see some real season basketball with this guy. I am, too. Uh, I just think that, it's like you said, we talk about fit perfect fit for this team exactly what this team is going to need uh obviously is is plays bigger than he is too he's well he's six foot nine so i guess he's playing the appropriately uh, uh the appropriate amount of time but i think that you know given what his role was with the japanese men's national team this past summer playing in the fiba pre-olympic qualifiers uh he's somebody who just he 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 understands a lot more of the game but he's going to slot into his role the way that he plays and i loved what we saw from him tonight uh, some some inside, some outside, playing some defense, getting out in transition. It was his one bad play. I feel like he in transition, he did have Bull Bull next to him, uh, and he could have you know hit him up, but he didn't hit him up. Uh, but another guy who doesn't have a drop, and you know we'll come up with one in one of these days. Uh, Saban Lee, your boy Saban Lee, the the guy yeah. that Matthew Matthew loves. Uh, you'll pay the, give this man his money, all that fun stuff. Played a total of twenty five minutes. Mm-hmm. was two of 12 from the field, 11 total points because he had six of those at the free throw line because in Saban Lee fashion, he attacks the cylinder. Uh, he had a couple steals, four assists, you know, only one turnover, but just was, was very uh, clunky, I guess is a good way to put it out there. Nasty. Yeah. It started off. Okay. You know, he had a, he had a big three and then he um, looked like he was sharing the ball, mm-hmm. but then it was constantly just Play after play, and I don't know. Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal were talking about something, and they looked like, "Come on, like you got to do this, this, and that." <laughs> That's my favorite thing. It's just like little clips of players talking, like, "Oh, they must be talking about this." I was thinking <laughs> they were talking about, "Hey, Saban, hit the guy that's open, right?" He did a few plays early on in the game where he hit a cross court. I think it was Grayson Allen who was wide open for three. He missed a three, but it was a nice cross course pass, cross, cross court pass. Mm-hmm. But the way he slowed down the offense and looked like he can kind of maneuver and like kind of see guys went away quick. Like, he was not, like, him and Drew Eubanks was open a few times, did not go towards him at all. Like no. I said earlier, Bobo was up there for the alley but he went for the lane, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But it always just seemed like he was just stuck there in the paint or on the top of the free throw line with the ball, with the time running out, or he's the last guy to shoot the ball. He drew some good contact in the free throw line. But even those plays, like, he just, I think he got bailed out by the refs. It was a bad, bad night for him, for me, for my look, how I do believe in him <laughs> to be a good backup point guard. But it's kind of like, all right, well, I'm fine because I saw the way that Grayson Allen looks and Eric Gordon handling the ball. So it doesn't really matter. Goodwin was out, obviously. That's the guy you feel will be more the backup. But I was like, Saban Lee, at first, you look like a good kind of filler guard at times if someone needs a rest. But then he played himself out of that, too, where it was just like, this looks disgusting. Yeah, and it really came into fruition in that fourth quarter where he played the majority of it. I think he played 10 minutes and he was a negative 13. He was one of six from the field. As you mentioned, rather than playmaking and setting up his fellow teammates, kind of like when KBD was in there playing, it was more like, Hey, I'm going to work on my thing. I'm going to try to find my personal success instead of making those around him better. And when, you know, it's one thing if it's KBD doing that, it's another thing if it's Saban Lee doing that, because he is, he's going to be somebody who isn't going to get a lot of opportunity, but when he does, like, yeah, it's nice that he can score, and it's, and yeah, it's nice that he attacks a cylinder, but you got to set up your teammates because that's what's going to keep them engaged, keep, keep, keep minutes coming your way. And it just it, it wasn't very pretty, to say to say the very least, uh, especially in that fourth quarter. Again, that's where, you know, if we give up 38 points. We only scored 18. The, it's almost a, a flip-flop of that first quarter that occurred, and it, it led to an overtime game. 
uh, which we just we don't need. We don't need. Uh, I like what Kiko says in the chat. Uh, Saban Lee's hungry in a bad way. I think it's a good way to look at that, right? Yeah, it was totally opposite of what I thought he would be this season. And, you know, it is preseason, but you got to show yourself in these games, man. It's going to make me look good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what was going on over in Detroit. I don't know if you know this, but there's a little segment that we do, and it is called the subreddit Stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit Stakeout. So I was hanging out in the, the subreddit for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I was wearing like my Lions colored glasses because obviously the Lions were winning. Devin Booker actually was at the Lions game before it all went down. Uh, just catching in, catching up with uh, the Detroit boys out there. So then I slid on into that subreddit to see what they were saying about the Phoenix Suns because that's one of the reasons we like to do this. Is It's a good opportunity to see not only what uh, – uh, what kind of things they, they that they think about their own team, but how they're perceiving the Phoenix Suns. And one of the first comments there is something that definitely made me happy. And it said, obligatory fuck Bally Sports, to which somebody commented, I know, Bally Sports sucks so much. Their programming outside of the games is so boring. What was it like enjoying this game not on Bally Sports, Matthew? I was on Valley Sports. How? I was. Um, so I downloaded the, I downloaded the app, the ABC Family app. I thought it was our NBRC, whatever it is. AZ Family, AZ Family one. Yeah, I downloaded the app and it wasn't on there. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to stream it. So I'm on Fox. I'm on Valley Sports again, ah. watching a Detroit style. So I guess that's that's for Isaiah Thomas and Book going. Yeah, everyone, all those guys did it for them. But yeah, I'm not there yet. Next game. Wow, we'll have to figure that out because seeing it on AZTV, seeing the original UPN music, uh, it's something. It's music that we use when we do like the jammies, which will be coming up. Our preseason jammies will be coming up here yeah, in a couple nice. weeks. Uh, but but the graphics, uh, just everything. Not not seeing Bally Sports Arizona <laughs> logos and commercials. Uh, when I was hearing that Detroit fans were saying, "Fuck Bally Sports," it made me smile. And now it makes me frown a little bit, considering the fact that. You had to watch it that way. So I'm sorry, Matthew. (laughs) Um, They said two minutes in and we're down 10 to two. Laugh my ass off. We are so back. Pistons are already in midseason form. Uh, It's so annoying how many of the sun shots are going in when we're actually playing good D in their faces. Sun's shooting nearly 90% from the field. That's rough. Uh, So obviously that hot start. Uh, it's it's expected for a team that has like the worst record in the league. Monty actually made adjustments, and look what's happening. Uh, this is a this is a a public service announcement, a PSA, if you will, to to Pistons fans. Don't get used to Monty Williams oh making my, adjustments. The adjustments thing. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we are done with that. <laughs> he actually called a timeout. He actually made adjustments. Good luck, Detroit. <laughs> Good luck, Detroit. Uh, glad to see that this subreddit hasn't lost the ability to overact. Uh, over the offseason it's one preseason game against a good Suns team who's shooting well everything will be okay and then somebody responded doesn't make doesn't take more than a game to see how shit Wiseman is uh they were bagging on Wiseman the whole time he's bad he's He's not good yeah he's he's not good you know uh the James Wiseman story you, you take a look obviously you know Jalen Dern got the start in this game he played 15 minutes and then they went to James Wiseman, and he played 16 minutes, uh, and just wasn't very effective. Four points, you know, he did have seven rebounds. And then Bagley came in, and Bagley had the 25 points uh, at, on 10 of 14 shooting in 22 minutes. For, but for those of you who don't know the James Wiseman story, he's somebody who played at Memphis uh, for Anthony Hardaway. There was a lot of legal stuff going on. I, I believe violations occurred, so he only played like eight games in college and then he was drafted what first overall by the warriors first overall was first yeah. overall instead of uh lonzo or uh, lamello ball and he's somebody who's just he's never really his talent has always been there but he's never had the time to be on the court because obviously playing with the warriors they didn't necessarily need him so he was around greatness uh but he didn't contribute to it and now being in detroit obviously for a while uh they, they did not like him they did not he's like coming him off the bench all. too 
Yes. No, I, I would think that this would be a perfect team, kind of like Diego to Portland, you know, kind of under the radar. Just let him feel things out because honestly, dude, every time he was on the court, he's making a mistake. Yes, every time. And they definitely let him let him have it in the subred stakeout over there in Detroit. And the last comment I have, wasn't very active in there today, uh, Metu looking like an uglier Aiton. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Up, <laughs> looking like a yeah. uglier Aiden. Yeah, dude. Can you imagine someone's like, "You look like an uglier." It's like, "Oh, thank you so like, much." Oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh man. So you know, Chimetsi Metu. I think we'll we'll kind of round out overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chimetsi Metu before we talk about Jamstar, and then talk about the next game. Um, definitely got a lot of playing time tonight, which I'm a big fan of. I think that he's also somebody who has the ability to compete. Uh, he, he will be on this roster. Like one thing that you have to understand, and, and if you just haven't been watching the Suns all uh, summer, uh, welcome. Nobody did because they didn't play. But if you haven't been watching what they've been doing, they currently have 17 rostered players with two two-way guys, so a total of 19 guys. You can have this year up to three two-way contract players, which that's currently Saban Lee and Yudoku Azubuki, who did get some playing time tonight. Uh, he played a total of seven minutes in that fourth quarter slash OT. But you can only have 15 roster players. So the, the Suns are they're too heavy right now. Now, one option they might have is to like wave Ish Wainwright, then bring him back on a two-way. So they might just have to trim one person. So when we talk about somebody who's trimmable, right, it could have been Keldon Johnson who mm-hmm. played 17 minutes tonight, had six points, didn't look bad. I wasn't unimpressed with uh, – Yeah, in the uh, beginning he looked kind of shaky, but he kind of – towards the end looked good. Yeah, confidence kind of grew as he went. He's yeah. definitely athletic. Uh, Chimetsi Metsu is somebody who's not on the bubble with this team either. 19 minutes, three of seven from the field. Had those two back-to-back three-point shots, which I thought were, were going to seal the deal because it's right when Detroit was making that comeback that he popped two threes, but uh, ultimately that didn't happen. He had 14 points, three rebounds, uh, and a block. What did you see from Chimetsi Metsu in this game, man? Well, I liked what I saw – at times, there were a few moves he had in the post that looked good, and then at sometimes he was a little too slow getting over there. He was bailed out by the ref one time. Um, so you could tell in his post moves, he's kind of looking towards you know improving on that and trying to work on his stuff down low, which is good to see. But the transition three looked awesome. I didn't expect that at all. Um, I think maybe Saving Lee got two assists from that, so we'll just throw him in there a little good luck till next time <laughs> maybe you can work good with him whatever i'll get over i'll get over it with that's Saban gonna lee. be matthew's thing this year yeah. like, saving lee the pick and roll with chimetsu metsu man it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be elite no but i, I like how it. he can run the floor like he's a bigger dude that like is more athletic faster than i thought but also in the post he's a little slow getting in his moves yes um but he was one of the better surprises today for sure uh and an uglier deandre ayton so no, I agree with you. I, I liked what I saw, I saw from Metu. I, again, I think that there were some fundamental challenges that he had when he was navigating the post. Uh, he, he, I like what I saw. I'll just put it like that. Yeah. You know, where, where you know, if I was to give you know a thumbs up or thumbs down today, he definitely gets like gets like a half thumbs up. You know, it's like it's not all the yeah. way up, but it's like half there. So, so low suns. Metu should be our third big, right? Our three big, but our third big. Yeah, I think he should so. be that guy. Yeah, I think, I think so. so too. You know, it goes, it goes, uh, you know, Nurkic, Eubanks, Metu. Mm-hmm. And you might have I the ability that. to have him slot into the four if need be, if you want to get a little bit more physical with second team or so. We'll see how that goes. Let's jam start. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, a reminder, if you're watching along live, hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Matthew, who are you giving the jam star of the game to in this one? Grayson Allen, man. Too I many more. It too. Up guy. I like it. I agree. I give it to Grayson Allen as well. I, he's the one I was. It's not to say that I wasn't impressed with Devin Booker, who had 12 points in 15 minutes, or Kevin Durant, who had 12 points in 13 minutes, or Bradley Beal, who had 11 points in 14 minutes. Those guys played great. But the guy who I was most pleasantly surprised by was Grayson Allen. And with his addition, you know, between having him and Nurkic, that's what we always said about DeAndre Ayton. It's like, listen, you can take this guy and you can take his contract and split it into two pieces that can both be productive. We got four pieces out of that, right? We got Grayson Allen, Nasir Little, who we didn't even talk about today, Kelvin Johnson, who we briefly talked about today, and Yusuf Nurkic. And two of those guys 
you know, Grayson Allen played fantastic. He, this was, you know, happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to all my fellow Libras out there. I thought it was a great performance by him. So up next for the Phoenix Suns, uh, preseason graphics right here. Up next on Tuesday at 7 p.m., the Phoenix Suns are playing. <laughs> Matthew's got Let's Thursday. Go. I'm, uh, I'm, what am I, one for three? <laughs> You're one for three on the graphics. I, think the, uh, I probably spelled, um, Watanabe's Watanabe name real. Wrong. Let's so check I'll that. back on that one too. Is that, that one nope. okay? I think so. I think, I think you got that right. Watanabe. Yep, you got that. Yep, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but up next for the Suns on Tuesday at 7 p.m., we've got <laughs> the Denver Nuggets. A revenge game in the preseason. It's going to be here mm-hmm. at home, uh, here in Phoenix. So anything that you're looking forward to in this game, Matthew? No, not really, right? Um, I think because there's a few guys tonight that kind of Flew under the radar, but also the ones that disappointed. Um, I'm looking yeah. for those guys to take another step up. Um, KBD, basically, see what he can do. I think it's a good team to kind of match up, a little bit bigger team. So uh, him and Saban Lee, that's what I'm looking forward to. See if they can bounce back in this next game. Are you on mute? I I agree. Every Every game is an opportunity for these players right now. And there's definitely going to be a lot of growing pains, not just during the preseason, but through the first 20 games of the season easily we have 13 new players on this roster it's not just going to seamlessly fit like it did in the first quarter of this game where the team's going to go 17 of 20 from the field that's that's the uh the exception not the rule i think that you know kbd i want to see a little bit more from him bowl bowl i've got to see a lot more from him to be impressed yeah and to think that he shouldn't be waived uh saban lee you know obviously a two-way player who you're going to hold on to but with the opportunity you have right now, it's a it's a good chance to get yourself some uh, meaningful minutes because you're not going to get a lot of them in the in the season unless it's during, um, you know, injuries or anything like that. But KBD is kind of the big one. Uh, you know, as far as graphics, I'm hoping you step up your graphic game for the next one because these have been terrible. Terrible. Take a lap. God awful. Get going. Terrible. Take a lap. Updated, huh? I updated that. No, a little but bit. the actual look, though, it looks oh, cool. It's just everything's wrong on it. Yeah. Right? Oh, the oh the uh, the, the actual information look fantastic. So, yeah. The information that they're portraying <laughs> is correct. So you know what's so funny is I was making the score the scoreboard. I had the uh, the Blazers on there instead of the Pistons. I thought we were playing the Blazers. So we do play them on better. Thursday. <laughs> Yeah, that's we'll it. We play, remember. we play it on Thursdays. And Jason Robbins says, and maybe a new Grayson Allen drop. His is kind of sad. That's why we like it, though. I, I yeah, like I kind of like it. Can't I kind of like it. It's something about it. It's got that oldies feel to it, you know. And who's leading? Back. Who's leading in that poll that we put out? Uh, what he looks old, like on the old Twitter. Yeah, who's lead on that? Any idea? Yeah. So... so, so say what the poll was and what the options were. All right, so Grayson Allen, who does he look like? Does he look like your neighbor's dad? Does he look like your family doctor? Mm-hmm. Does he look like your kid's algebra teacher? I think that's one. Or your pastor? And the okay. winner is. Well, still going. You can go to our our yeah, go, to Sun, go to Sun's Jam on Twitter to vote. But currently winning is your pastor. Your how many? What your percent? Priest. Thirty-one percent. So 31% of the people think it's neck and neck. The family doctor's at 13%, but everything else is 30%. Okay. All right, Jamsters. Well, this pulls up for about 22 more hours. So make sure you hop on Twitter and check out that. And follow us at Suns Jam on Instagram and TikTok as well. You can follow me at Darth Voida on all the previous platforms and read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. Matthew, where can everybody follow you? At Matthew Lissy. Good. That's good. I'm just going to play the Nasir Little Drop just because I want to. Can't complain on that one, right? It's a good one. Gets gets me going. All right, Jamsters. We appreciate you hanging out, spending some time with us. I'm going to go watch the rest of the Cardinals game. My assumption is they're probably losing, so I'm going to go enjoy that. Uh, with that, Matthew will be eliminated from the eliminator. I've been eliminated from the eliminator. My brother's been eliminated from the eliminator. My wife's been eliminated from the eliminator. Everybody's been eliminated from the eliminator. Eliminator's <laughs> over. So uh, we will see you on Tuesday, maybe from 
footprint center. I'm still working on that. But if not, we'll see you then. Go Suns, baby. It's good to have basketball. Yeah. Go on, Lovey Cowboys. Yeehaw, partner.